In the name of Jesus, who is Lord over every authority. Amen. Jesus got himself in trouble back in John 5, healing on the Sabbath a man who had been paralyzed for 38 years. Then he had fed the crowds in the wilderness, 5,000 of them, and he had offended them, and many of them left him. Then he had gone into Jerusalem, where he still is in our text today, for the Feast of Tents, Feast of Booths. Jesus has been almost stoned a couple times at this point and almost arrested multiple times, but the authorities keep not having the courage to do it. Our text picks up John 9. While Jesus was passing by, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who was selfish, this man or his parents, so he was born blind? The disciples want to know why. Why is this man born blind? Why is there frailty? Why is there weakness? Why is there brokenness in his life? Whose fault is it? Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents were selfish, but so that the works of the Creator might be revealed in him. It is necessary for us to work the works of the one who sent me while it is day. Night is coming. When no one is able to work. Later in the text, night will be the moment that Judas leaves the Passover celebration to betray Jesus. While I am in the cosmos, I am the light of the cosmos. Having said these things, Jesus spit on the ground, his saliva from his mouth, representing his word. And he made clay from the spit, reminding us of God forming Adam out of the dirt and the mud at the beginning. And Jesus anointed the blind man with the clay upon his eyes. And Jesus said to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. Then the man went away. He washed and he returned seeing. Why does Jesus tell us that this man was born blind? Hmm? No, that's not why Jesus tells us he was born blind. Yep. So the glory of God might be revealed in him. The disciples want to play the scapegoat blame game. Well, this man was born weak and broken and disabled because somebody screwed up. Jesus throws that out completely and says, no, that is a false human judgment of the flesh. This man was born blind for the glory of God. That God's works might be manifest through his weakness and frailty. The text continues in verse 8. Then the neighbors and those who had seen the man before as a beggar were saying, Is this not the one who is sitting and begging? Some were saying, Yeah, this is the one. Others were saying, No, but he's like him. The man himself was saying, I am he. Then they were saying to him, how were your eyes opened? The man answered, the man called Jesus, made clay, anointed my eyes, said to me, go into the pool of Siloam and wash. So after I went away and washed, I saw again. They said to him, well, where is that man? And the man said, I do not know. The question of how this man is healed comes up four times in the text. How was he healed? What's his response? 
When his neighbors ask him, how were you healed? What does he respond? Yeah, so he tells us about the mechanics of it. This guy named Jesus, he spit in the ground, made some clay, wiped the clay all over my eyes, and then told, go me, to, told me to wash. I went and washed, and I was healed. You get a story like that in uh, something like that. Guys told to wash. I think he had leprosy. Good. Yeah, and we'll cut. We're going to keep coming back to this question. The text continues, verse 13. They bring the one who was previously blind to the Pharisees. It was the Sabbath on the day that Jesus had made the clay and opened his eyes. So when back in John 5, Jesus had healed the paralyzed man at the pool of Bethsaida on the Sabbath and gotten in trouble. That's why they want to kill Jesus. And now he is healing again on the Sabbath. Then the Pharisees questioned the man again about how he was seeing again. And the man said to them, He placed clay on my eyes. I washed. Now I'm seeing. Then some from among the Pharisees were saying, this man's not from the creator because he does not treasure the Sabbath. They believe Jesus cannot be from God because he is not upholding the Sabbath in the way that Moses commanded. Others were saying, but how can a selfish man do signs like these? And there was a schism and division among them. Then they are saying to the blind man again, what do you say about this man? Because he opened your eyes. The man responded, he's a prophet. As Jesus heals this man who's been born blind, what does Jesus cause among the group? Division. Jesus causes division and schism. We see this all throughout Jesus' ministry. Wherever Jesus shows up, he becomes a sort of watershed point where you have to go to one side or the other. You cannot stay neutral on Jesus, and everywhere he goes, he is causing division and schism among people. Arguments, some people saying he's this, other people saying he's that. Jesus' whole life brings this division Because he is bringing judgment, not because he's judging, but simply because his presence of truth separates the wheat from the chaff. Jesus reveals the loyalties of all of the people he encounters, forcing them to choose whose side are they going to be on. The text continues, verse 18, that the Judeans did not trust that this man was blind And saw again until they called his parents. They asked his parents saying, this is your son whom you are saying was born blind. Third time. How then is he now seeing? Then his parents answered and said, we know that this is our son and that he was born blind. But we do not know how he is now seeing nor do we know who opened his eyes. Question him. He's old enough. He will speak for himself. His parents said this because they feared the Judeans. For the Judeans had arranged that if anyone followed Jesus's pattern as the Christ, they would be removed from the synagogue. 
Because of this, the man's parents said, he's old enough. Question him. What are the authorities doing to control the people of their world? They are using the law of Moses as their tool in this, but what are they doing to control people? It is threatening. They are using the threat of expulsion from the synagogue. The synagogue was the sort of the church community for the Jewish people. And in this community was their family network. They didn't have retirement plans. They didn't have health insurance. If you got sick, you went to your synagogue. If you needed help when you were old, you went to your synagogue. They threat expulsion, threaten expulsion from the community as a way of controlling the people. Which side do the parents choose? The, the authorities or Jesus or even their son? They throw their son under the bus. They don't care if their son's lost. They got to stay in the synagogue. They have to stay in their community. They will not budge out of the fear of not having this community to take care of them. They are scared of being thrown out of society more than anything else. Why? Fear. All the questions of what might happen to them if they don't have this group. The text continues, 24. Then they called the man a second time who was blind and said to him, Give glory to the Creator. We know that this man, Jesus, is selfish. The man who had been blind answered, I don't know if he's selfish. I know one thing. I was blind, but now I see. Then they said to him, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? Fourth time. He answered them, I already told you, you are not listening. Why do you want to hear it again? You do not want to become his disciples. Then they verbally abused the man and said, you are his disciple. We are disciples of Moses. We know that Moses spoke to the creator, but we do not know where this man is from. The man answered and said to them, this is amazing that you do not know where he's from. And yet he opened my eyes. We know that the creator does not listen to those who are selfish. If someone submits to the creator and does the creator's will, then the creator listens to this one. From the age, no one has heard of anyone opening the eyes of someone born blind. If this man was not from the creator, then he would not be able to do anything. They answered and said to him, you were, complete, you were born completely in selfishness, and you are going to teach us? So they threw the man outside. 
Which side does the blind, formerly blind man choose? Jesus' side or society and the authorities? He chooses Jesus' side. And what are the consequences of him choosing Jesus' side? Thrown out of the community. Thrown out of the synagogue. And in addition, he gets some verbal abuse on top of it. Let's go back to the question four times that's been asked in the text. How was this man's eyes opened? He's been telling us the mechanics. Yeah, of course, Jesus spit, makes clay, wipes it on his eyes, and he washes. But what really is going on here? What really opens the eyes of the man? Exactly. He knew God. He had faith that Jesus could heal. This goes back to what we've seen. And every time something has happened in the Gospel of John, what has happened? Jesus has given a command, like the the royal officer, go home and your son will live. The man goes home, son's alive. Jesus tells the servants at the wedding of Cana, fill the water jars, take some of it, give it to the master of the feast. They listen and water into wine. We have the man paralyzed for 38 years, the pool of Bethsaida in Jerusalem. Jesus says, pick up your mat, stand and walk. The man does it and he's healed. Every single time something happens in the gospel story, it's because somebody trusts the word of Jesus and obeys it. There was nothing magical about the clay. It was the fact that he was listening to Jesus and did what Jesus said. Mary told us at the beginning of the gospel, our theme, do whatever Jesus says. When this man does what Jesus says, his eyes are opened. Continuing the text, verse 35, Jesus heard that they had thrown him outside of the community. So Jesus found him and said, do you trust the son of man? The man answered and said, well, who is he, Lord, so I can trust him? Jesus said to him, you have seen him. The one speaking with you is the one. The man said, I trust, Lord. Then he became like a dog before him. Proskuneo in the Greek is this compound word that means to become like a dog before somebody. But it means to worship. If you've ever seen a dog tuck its tail, kind of crawl on the floor, roll on its belly before somebody, this is what proskuneo means. It means to come like a dog before the master, ready to receive whatever the master is going to give, whether it's punishment or whether it is good things. The man says to Jesus that he trusts him. How do we know that this man has trust? How do we know that he has faith? Because he obeys when Jesus asks him. And also I would argue that the disposition of humility that he shows demonstrates his faith. But this man, like Phyllis was saying, was willing to obey when it cost him literally everything. He was separated from his parents separated from society, thrown out of the synagogue. This would be his retirement plan, his health care. Everything that mattered in life was severed from him. But he chose Jesus. Why? Because Jesus opened his 
eyes. And then Jesus said, continuing the text, verse 39, for judgment I came into this cosmos, this world, so that those who cannot see may see, and those seeing may become blind. Some for the Pharisees who were with Jesus heard these things and said to him, we are not blind. Jesus said to them, if you were blind, then you would not have selfishness. But now you say we are seeing and your selfishness remains. Why are the Pharisees still blind in the deepest sense? Refusing to listen. What's behind that refusal to listen? Denial? Arrogance. It's the blind man had the disposition, a willingness to become like a dog before Jesus. He's nothing. He realizes I'm nothing. I've been born blind. I've never been anything. That disposition of nothingness brings him to Jesus in faith, which then leads to him being healed. The Pharisees, on the other hand, were not blind. We've got our acts together. They believe in their arrogance that they do not need Jesus. They do not need healing. They do not need anyone. They have themselves, their society, their structures that they have created. So the essential ingredient for healing and salvation is humility which is nothing more than faith and trust in the word of God. Arrogance, the disposition of I don't need anything, is sin, is selfishness. The man says, I was blind, but now I can see. Whether we want to admit it or not, we are all born blind. Change blind with frail, weak, broken, limited, disabled. We are all born in a state of weakness and frailty. Why are we born in a state of frailty? What did Jesus tell us? Why are we born in a state of frailty? So the power of God might be shown in our lives. Paul in 2 Corinthians 12 says, When I am weak, then I am strong through the Lord. But if I go through my life trying to be strong, will I ever demonstrate the power of God? No. In my arrogance, I can see, I'm able, I'm capable, I can take care of myself. If I believe I can take care of myself, God's glory will never be manifested in my life. It is only in the humility of I am weak, I am frail, I need everything, every day, every moment. In that frailty, can the glory and work of God be demonstrated in us? Take a moment and ponder for yourself. 
In what ways has the Lord made you weak? Are you embracing that weakness? It's like God's glory and work will shine in you through that weakness. Or are you running from the weakness? Hiding from the weakness? Pretending to be strong when you are not? If we say that we are strong, the glory of God cannot be seen in us. But if we realize that we are blind and frail and helpless, the glory of God can shine. And Jesus is going to bring division into our lives, whether we want it or not. When Jesus shows up, we have to choose sides. Is it Jesus or society? Jesus or my family? Jesus or me and my ego? Every decision in your life is a decision where you display your loyalty. Whose side are you choosing? And how is it that the man finds healing? He finds healing through faith, through trust, through humility, by recognizing he's nothing, that he's helpless, and he needs Jesus. We too must admit our weakness if we are to find healing. You were born blind, I was born blind. We were born weak for a reason, that God's works would be displayed in us. So listen and come to Jesus. Don't listen to society and its authorities telling you to be strong, that you can take care of yourself. Come to Jesus like a dog. Humble yourself before him. He is the good master. Let him reveal God's work in your life. In your weakness. It will cost you everything. You will be thrown out of society. Division will occur in your life. But only then will we be able to say, I was blind, but now I see. Amen.